Hello and welcome to This Way Up. In this series, I talk to a number of leading women in the creative industry, talking specifically about the good, the bad and the ugly of their career. For this episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing fellow French woman and super talented artist Camille Wallala. If you're a Londoner, you will probably have seen her work around town. That's because it cannot be missed. Camille uses buildings or any type of man-made landscape as her canvas, using a fusion of bold colors and playful geometric patterns. Whether it's reviving an entire street in Leytonstone, creating a weird and wonderful house for Lego, or most recently creating a pop-up supermarket selling artist-designed foods at the Design Museum. Her work is bold, colorful, and striking to say the least. As you can probably tell, I'm a huge fan of her work, so I was excited to sit down with her to talk about her journey. From growing up in a small town in the south of France, she went to London as a student to work on her English and fell in love with the city and its free spirit. Her biggest struggle, however, was to find a career path, and we go deep to understand what it was that made things so hard. She attributes her lack of confidence and being a harsh self-critic as two of her biggest hurdles she had to overcome. Multiple jobs and a textile degree later, out of pure frustration, her creative voice was born. And it was her hardship and tenacity that led her to be one of the most recognizable artists today and such an inspiration. The thing I love most about Camille is her passion to elicit joy in everything she creates. And this conversation is no exception. I hope you enjoyed this interview just as much as I loved recording it. Without further ado, this is Camille Walala and this is This Way Up. Camille, bonjour, welcome. Bonjour, <laughs> thank you. As a fellow French woman, I'm so excited to have you here. So let's get straight to it. Um, I've already given a clue as to where you're from. Uh, maybe we can start there, actually. Where did you grow up in France? Um, so, yeah, so I grew up from the age of like two years old to probably 20 years old to a very small town in south of France, like in Provence. So I grew up with my mum. It was a really small Lovely. village, um, which was really nice. But um, at the time, I just really hated school. I was really bad at school, and uh, and I just kind of like failed. I mean, you know about French education, but it was just, it was just quite hard to find what I wanted to do. And I think like I failed GCSE, I failed A level. Um, I was just I just I wanted to be creative, but I never really had anyone to kind of push me towards this direction. And I had some really mm. bad um, advice, not even advice. It was like telling me, oh, you can't. I wanted to be doing fashion when I was 16. Um, And I remember this guy that, you know, when you're little, just once someone's going to tell you the wrong sentence and it's going to affect mm. your confidence and your choice. So like this guy said, oh, you know, if you decide to do fashion, you can't change your mind. That's going to be your, your job forever. And I'm like, I'm 16. I'm like, oh no, like, I, I, I don't know what I want to do. So, so stressful. I yeah. And I didn't take this decision. I think. It's one of the things, like, you know, we were maybe talking a bit earlier about, like, about French education where it's not very nicely directed. And I think if, if mm. I could do a job one day in my life, I would be to go back um, to France, or I don't know, to France, but to be, I don't know, it's in English, but conseillère d'orientation. I don't know what That's you say right. that. So let <laughs> me translate that yeah. for people listening. I actually don't know the exact term, but it's <laughs> someone who helps you during your education make the best decision for your career, like which sort of subject you should study, whether it's yeah. at school or for university, that kind of stuff. I like that. I would like yeah. to do that too. Because yeah. France has really ruined a lot of people's careers because of the way they operate and with kids. It's so like it's all sort of math for or French driven and anything else that falls outside of that. It's just, they don't, they don't help you out at all. Yeah. I think they just like tell you, I mean, in when I was at school, they kind of like tell you, oh, you should do economy or you should do, I mean, I did economy, which was, I don't know why I did that because it was like really vague, um, It was like a really, um, how do you say, generic almost, uh, uh, A-level. Yes. And the only reason why my teacher pushed me to do that, because I was a really good cheater. And I, kind of, I was copying on my <laughs> friends. I was copying everything from my friend's uh, page. And I was like, and they thought I was great at it. I wasn't good. I was just like, yeah, good cheater. So I kind of handed up. You, you had a very nice friend. That's the yeah, main yeah, bit. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I think I've told them as well. I was like, yeah, let me copy you. Yeah, well, I think yeah, I, I was not the best student. But yeah, I just hated school so much. And uh, and I really thought I was lazy. And I think I just couldn't really. And uh, ultimately, uh, later on in life, I actually realized when I came to the UK that I actually I was quite dyslexic. And like in France, they didn't really. Um, yeah, I, so I never bad. heard about dyslexic before, which maybe uh, was mm. a new thing maybe in the UK. But anyway, so. I eventually passed my A level, uh, yeah, and I went to university and I did a, again. I was a really generic choice. I wasn't. I did it because I didn't know what else to do. I did a literature French degree, uh, mm-hmm. which I, lo- I love literature, but I was quite bored. I was just it was not really stimulating me enough, and mm, I was I, I was uh, I was failing it. I was failing because I couldn't pass my English level. My English was so bad. I could like, I actually couldn't say a word of English. And I wanted to have a, I wanted to have a gap year to kind of like feel free. Uh, but my dad was like, he was a bit like, kind of like, I was quite, he was almost the way I helped. I don't know. I, I felt quite nervous to tell my dad. I just didn't want to upset him, but he was saying, Oh, mm. you can't really take one year off. The only condition I will allow it. He was saying like, uh, you have to go and learn English uh, in London for three months. And I was like, ah, I, clever, clever yeah. dad. And I, I was like, I hate you dad. It's like, it's the worst thing you can do to me. <laughs> and, um, I had to go in England for three months and I was petrified because coming from a small village in France where of I knew course. everyone and I just go out with the same people all the time. I was quite quite shy, and um, and I came to London in ninety. I can't imagine you being shy. Yeah, at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm still shy now. It's, it's okay. I, if I know people, I think I feel better. But sometimes I feel quite. Okay. Yeah, I don't really talk, and people think I'm rude. But it's not rude. It's actually quite shyness. But um, yeah, so I came ah, to London. I came, yeah, I came to London ninety seven, and so I went to learn English, and it was the best three months of my life. Where I, oh my god, this place is amazing! I can remember like the train going to from Eurostar, which at the time was King's Cross, and I couldn't speak a word of yeah. English, so I just had the address on my piece of paper and of where I was supposed to go. And the taxi took me there. It was Camden Town at the time? It was Camden Town and Camden, Camden Town cool. in ninety seven. Like, whoa, like, this place is amazing! What's going on? And all of the people wearing crazy outfit because I always wanted to try to look different in France but when you live in a village in Provence and you wear this kind of like massive buffalo shoes from the Spice Girl like people are like what the hell is this going on yeah I mean it's not even just a little town in France it's like the whole of France I I really empathize when I first came to England I felt exactly the same why can't we all wear different clothes that's the beauty of life you know I I mean London is I think London I love that that's why I just came to London I really wanted to be myself I guess and uh, never thought Mm. I didn't realize I had this other personality almost and coming to London all of the time I couldn't really speak English but I did attract the right people around me I don't know people could I, I was able to be a bit creative at least the way I was dressing up uh, dressing which was actually a bit of dressing up was like quite a wide outfit yes. but it was just a nice no one look at you no one judge you uh, you can do whatever you want Camden Town was full of like quite wide uh, looks at the time and very very strong kind of personality I find that you just kind of by dressing by dressing up you kind of show a bit of your personality and I think it was a way I was creative at the time but so I learned English for three months I was supposed to go back to France which I did to pass my English uh, exam and the first one Ah. I didn't I didn't cheat for the first time ever and I passed my English exam (laughs) (laughs) well done yeah it only took three months of being uh, to be in London which I think is if I got kids one day I would just send them to to a place where they have to actually learn on the spot you know like it's it's nothing yeah. like it's not, nothing better than being on the in the place where yeah you speak a different language because you just have to learn like all of a sudden I, I wanted yeah. to learn a page of vocabulary because I needed to communicate I was like oh I'm I'm, I'm not so boring you know I, I've got some things to talk about but I just need to learn the bloody vocabulary for it um can I stop you there uh, because I was wondering as well if it's the way you learn because generally creative people as well they need to learn by doing and seeing and experiencing rather than you know I mean again I'm taking my own experience so please correct me but when I was growing up in France it was very much like learn all of this by heart and then mm. do your exam and for me that did not work at all do you think that was the case for you completely yeah i mean i i, I still find it hard to learn things to be completely honest with you but uh i think mm. just by making and experimenting and just like like you know in france you couldn't really do um a craftsmanship you know if you want to do carpentry or like this is what people mm. look at you like that you should like not do this kind of like uh, um 
uh, I say, on well, on paid, on it, it, it wasn't seen as a career. It was seen yeah. as a, a, a low job, and yeah, exactly. It's, it's such a shame. Yeah, I hope it changed now. I don't know how it is now, but I hope um, so. Mm. I hope so too. So yeah, came came in London. So I was twenty two, twenty three. Um, and I was like, this is, place is amazing. And all I wanted to do is be free. I didn't care about work. So, and I couldn't really speak. I mean, after three months, I, could, I did pass my exam. I couldn't really speak very well English at all yet. So I was, I just, and all of the people I met, they were all working in restaurants. So I kind of work and work in a cafe, like in a restaurant, like being waitress. And, um, and just had the best time of my life, really. <laughs> Not the best time of my life, but I was going out. I was raving. I was like, going clubbing every weekend. It was, <laughs> that was pretty much what I did for like five years, uh, every weekend. So what did your dad think about that? <laughs> he didn't know that bit so much about. I, I guess I wasn't. I think he was just. He was. He was just quite happy. I kind of like took my independence. I think it was. Yes. I, I could have. My dad lived in Paris, so my parents divorced. But my dad lived in Paris, and I think my mom in South of France. She would have been happily to skip me. Uh, I could get married to the farmer who lived next door. My life could have been. It was the sliding, <laughs> the sliding door film. Is like I could have been like completely different life. I think I could have had five kids and uh, living in the farm, which is also good. But yeah, it, yeah, it would have been really different style. Where I think my dad was like pushing me to experiment life and do different things and just you have to travel you have That's to learn lovely. English yeah it was really good and um and as I'm so grateful to him but now we like um I always say that to him because he just really make a massive mm. impact on my life and and what what, what I have done so but at the time yeah so finishing yeah going out all the time having a great time but at some point I'm like okay well it's, it must be I mean like my kind of dream job was I was trying to apply for uh, Prêt-à-Manger I was like this is a dream job I want to <laughs> work for Prêt-à-Manger or Eurostar you know like the people in the cafeteria like yeah, I wanted to and I, and I failed like they didn't accept me I was like really get it but um, yeah, yeah, it's not the best oh, actually like Eurostar like the, the rest you know like oh they were like yeah it was I don't know I didn't I didn't fit I guess but and, and <laughs> Prêt-à-Manger I mean, it's a really good yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty I didn't. Uh, yeah, Pretty I did like that. I just like the uniform. I just like at the time they had uniform, but I didn't get it, which is also pretty fine. But yeah, and I think at some point I worked with my. I worked with a really amazing uh, Moroccan family in their in their kind of family restaurant, and it was really nice because mm. you don't really have many. Fa- uh, I don't know if you know this artist actually, Hassan Najaj. He lives in Shoreditch. Uh, yes, I have come across, but I think it would be good if you explain to uh, anyone listening what kind of art he does. Yeah, so I, I so yeah, I worked for his family business back in the day in Camden Town. So it was like uh, late nineteen ninety or like two thousand. It was in two thousand. Um, mm. So Hassan, he's been a big inspiration for me because he was someone like he had a strong visual, strong vision. He had a style. At That's the time, right. he was he just become pretty big. Rest, like a few years ago, maybe like quite a few years ago now, but at the time he was just like decorating like uh, bars with all of this Moroccan style. Um, he's, mm. he's kind of like, uh, he does like this place in Paris called Andy Walu. So he used all of the kind of like the, the, the I don't know how to, how to say, but like, um, like classic product of like font, font, where well, yeah, font bottle or like a soap, and it just kind oh, of yes. like, you know, and it just like does this. Now it takes pictures of recycling, people where, yeah, yeah, just using them in a, in a kind of a pop element. And now it does this massive, beautiful frame with some like uh, it, it takes people in a uh, lot of like portraits, like really dressing up yes. over the top. Um, and yeah, so I was working for him in his sister and in the Moroccan restaurant, which I loved. And I was working with his sister actually, and we wanted to do a catering business working in food which is also something I would love doing but eventually that didn't work out and I was like oh, I don't really know what to do with my life I'm 26 what should I do and I think the beauty with London I find is like um, you can do so many evening class or like a day class or you try different mm. creative uh, and I did so I try everything I try like drawing painting pottery uh, stitching I wanted to do a bit of fashion but um, and eventually I did a pre-foundation which is like preparing your I don't know for I guess in England people know, but your it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was not even preparing your portfolio. It was not even the foundation. It was preparing your portfolio because I didn't draw. I never, I, I still can't really draw, but I was just really intimidated by the whole creative process and I didn't really uh. know what I liked. So, um, and so I did a pre-foundation where you try a bit of different things. And then I finally, I just had an amazing teacher and she kind of like was so giving you the confidence that you needed. And I think she pushed me and I think I realized I love color, I love graphics. So I was kind of like intent to do more textile. And um, 
I wanted to apply for bright for at the time St. Martin's to do fashion, but I thought I wouldn't be good enough. So I'd say, oh, maybe I'm going to go for prints instead, like fashion, like printed, uh, mm. what do you say? Print for fashion. Print design. Yeah, print design. And I applied uh, for Brighton University because, again, I was a bit nervous. To, I thought I wouldn't be good enough to apply in London. So I went there. I got accepted. And um, and I think I was much less. The thing is, like, everyone was, like, so much younger than I was. It was, it was I was 10 years older. I was 29. Everyone was 19. And uh, I was going to, like, the pubs, you know, like, mm. I was going there with, like, drinking in the pub. Like, they were giving, giving me these fluorescent orange and green drinks. Um <laughs> Which was quite the, yeah. French is like looking at the English drinks yeah, yeah, yeah. always like yeah. what the hell? <laughs> I mean, it was quite funny, but yeah, but like when you're like it's just, the age difference was a bit um, I was know. quite quite I different. But it was but it was also good because I kind of almost knew what I want. I just loved doing textile and I kind of really enjoy the direction I was going to. But I finished uni, I was thirty two, and even then I was not really sure what to do because I was. I couldn't really apply for a textile job because I couldn't really draw. Like when you t- when you want to be a textile designer, mm. you have to re- you have to answer the trend. So one year is going to be flowers. I can't draw flowers. Yeah. One year is going to be uh, <laughs> I don't know like uh, I don't know what art deco. Art deco would have been better, but because yes. it, and I was really unconfident. I still didn't know how to apply for jobs. So that's interesting. Just to stop you there because I can see the, a bit of a pattern of like the the confidence yeah. is kind of like you you're you're. You've got a vision of what you'd like to do. You're not quite sure, but confidence really sort of knocks you a little bit. It was interesting you were saying about doing a pre-foundation. And um, and again, maybe because I can empathize having grown up in France, is that kind of like always second guessing and thinking, well, in order to be at that level, I need to be so good. Whereas I find that other people, and I'm not saying the whole of the UK is like this, but some yeah. people, they just try. And yeah. even if they fail, you know, they're, that's okay. Um, whereas in, I feel like in France, unless you're absolutely like 100% Good, yeah. perfect, you won't try. Do you think that's the case? I didn't. I was a French thing, but I think like, uh, but maybe it is actually. I don't know because... Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. I just wondered if it were, maybe in your own words, where do you think... Um, the confidence you know how it obviously affected yeah the lack of confidence i don't know i don't know if it's to do with your education i think it probably is um yeah i think it's to do with the way probably i don't know you grew up maybe my parents as as much as they love me maybe they didn't really uh, fulfill their creative career as well and maybe you know you probably ah. uh, didn't push I, I, I asked i mean i should do some t- work on it i don't know push up I don't really want to do that anymore, but you know, I think it's just, uh, yeah, it, it comes from like, uh, probably like, I just do believe like yeah, experiences and stuff, but, and I'm getting better at it, but it's funny because when I was little, I was, I didn't want to draw on paper because I saw I was wasting the paper and the, and actually yeah. the day, the day I painted this building, the first one in all street, well, uh, it's the first time I was proud of myself and I could actually give a tap to my shoulder. I say, you know what? Well done. And I didn't feel cringy to say, you know, you've done a great job because for years when I was even at university, when you had to present your work in front of everyone i just find that so cringy to kind of like talk to your work you know in a in a positive way it's like it's really weird and i like i don't understand where this is coming from and i think like an ego is it yeah sometimes it's an ego yes. thing like when you when you're not really confident you go you go like a massive ego in a way where you try to you just become like a bit of a twat to say i, I don't know i just <laughs> twat, yeah so so tell me about that what did you say? You mean that you sort of over-exaggerated about your work? Is that what you no, mean? No, I did the opposite. I think I, I've, the got opposite? Kind, I've got this kind of theory now these days where if you are confident and you are, you know you're worth, you're, you're a good designer and you don't need to show off too much, you know, you, you, you will treat your, yeah. you will treat your, uh, I don't know, your staff in a really well, you know, you are like a genuinely nice person. But I think if you actually come from a place where you don't have enough confidence, that's when you see people showing mm. off or, or just being like, I don't know, hard with others. Or And I think I'm just trying uh-huh. to find the right balance at the moment. Sometimes I'm, I feel like I've been unconfident and I've been showing off a bit on social media. And I'm like, I don't need to prove anything to anyone at the end. It's like just my own confidence. I don't know if that makes sense. But, yeah, um, no, that makes complete sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think, so I think when you're happy, I think it's, it's when I was at uni and I saw all of this other students being confident in their work in a good way and they were like capable to say yeah I've done a, this is my job I really like the way I've been using these colors and stuff like it's, it didn't I didn't find that I was creepy because it was coming from a good place it was like a, a good confident but you know like I couldn't actually I couldn't do that myself I was always putting myself down before when I was mm. showing work 
Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a lesson to learn. And I think like now it, I really enjoy to see the journey because I think mm. some, when, you, when you finish university, for example, and you go straight away to like your dream career, almost don't think it's a good thing. Like I think it's a struggle. Yeah. Is good and, I, and I struggle a lot. And it's like, it's only when I turn. So finish university at 32. So I yeah. could jump, jump a bit. Um, again, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went back to kind of like getting a part-time job in a restaurant, like selling French French cheese, actually, in Broadway Market in East London. Because <laughs> I love cheese. And oh, I yeah. So I, I think know I know which place it is. La Bouche. Yes. Yeah. It's so nice. I, I loved it there. It was a really nice, the, the boss was amazing. It's French. He's a really nice, genuine guy. And, and, and I just, I was a bit lost, really, after uni. So I was, I just said, I need a job. I need to work on, um, so I worked there for a bit, didn't really do anything creative for a little while. And then I knew from my CV that I was doing textile. And I think his wife was opening a fabric shop next door. So he mentioned me and, and she ah. told me, oh, do you want to do some textile? Which was, um, I was so excited. So I printed some textile roll of fabric that she was selling in her shop. And then on the side, I was like, Broadway market. Like, I love this market. Maybe I should do some cushion. I don't know. I was starting to print some fabric and make my own brand, I guess. That was not yeah. really which, which was okay. It was a bit hard. It was like, I didn't really enjoy it. It was really hard work to make money doing that. It's, it's just, uh, it's not easy. Um, no. but selling my fabric, my cushion on the market, it was not easy. And I like, and I remember because when I was younger, like I changed my mind all the time. Like my family didn't trust my choice anymore because one day I wanted to be a drummer. One day I wanted to be a chef. One day I wanted, <laughs> and when I did my textile degree, I was like, okay, at least I know I've finished the textile degree. But I remember when I start, I finished, I was like, oh, that's, this is not it. I don't want to sell my cushion on the market for the rest of my life. And, and I remember telling my dad and I was really nervous to tell him because he's going to say, oh, here we go again. But I said, oh, dad, you know, like, I don't really know if that's what I want to do. So I'm still quite not sure. And my dad is an architect. So he comes from like working for himself, freelance. Oh. And and, um, and he said to me, oh, you know, like you only started to, I think when you are 40, that's when you need to be in a place where you're happy. And I'm like, yes, dad, you gave me eight more years. So <laughs> I can just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yes, yeah. so I've got eight more years to mess around and just like, just still finding my way I guess and it was it was yeah. actually right like when I turned 40 finally things like really come together so when I finished uni I was 31 or 32 and I remember my teacher I said and I tell her I asked her I said how long is it going to take before before you know like, I get somewhere and I said oh it's going to probably take four years I'm like what four years this is too long like really uh, yeah that's and funny like, yeah and I was like it actually took me a while it took me a long time to eventually make a good money just just be in a position where yeah, finally happy with what I'm doing. I'm I'm making a you know good money. It's just, it's just it's not even for like making the good money. It's more like to know you are worth it. Like you you actually yes. doing something where people want to buy you for. Because at the beginning you do everything for free. Like when you and I, I kind of did a lot of job on the side for free and and it's it's okay for a while because I guess you have to prove yourself maybe. But it's more like yeah. what, am I not worth anything? Like like you you wouldn't take me if you were, if I was if I asked you to pay. And it was like again the confident things at the beginning. But um, saying that I had yeah. amazing opportunities while while selling my cushion. I had this uh, this guy like a friend of a friend of mine. He had this big nightclub called XOYO in in Shoreditch. And, oh, very famous. Yeah, uh, nightclub. Yeah, famous club. And, and I used to go out again partying with with him and his girlfriend and his. <laughs> my friend so like that's probably sometimes you know people t-shirts say you have to network but actually networking on the dance floor is also work <laughs> exactly so i think that for anyone listening as a lesson is go party it's okay you can you can network that way <laughs> yeah I, I like this kind of networking I, i'm not really good at like the fake networking i think it has to be genuinely people you enjoy you know you have a nice chat it's always good to say your dream i felt like at some point I was like I was not going anywhere so I always keep on telling people I would love to I mean this I, I would maybe go later in that but um, this guy met me and he said oh I've got this nightclub I've got £12,000 I want to you've got the nightclub downstairs and upstairs I've got this massive warehouse and I want to I want it to be like a um a bar where in the daytime I can have exhibition in the nighttime I want this place to close and just to be more like um, a, a nice vibe where people just yeah mm. dance or, or drinks become like a bar and I didn't have any experience of interior design I didn't even know how to use illustrate like all of this kind of like graphic design program I draw by hand and, and um, but the fact he trusted me and he said okay I'll you do whatever you want with this twelve thousand pound, or you go crazy and you do your style. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, but it's say uh, you do whatever you want, so you can save the money and play safe, or you just 
do whatever you want. And it was like, I just, it was four or five months from back and forth with him. And I was showing him like, I, I was printing on like on a four piece of paper, like different scale of pattern. And I was showing it what, what, yeah different style of pattern but the place at the end was like intense well i just was so proud of myself like it was like full-on like different style of pattern pretty memphis style inspired pretty 80s um memphis uh, did you say yeah yeah quite memphis yeah that was kind of like a massive inspiration for like a long time but um and i opened this yeah and i went to the launch of this place and and um, I remember seeing everyone in this nightclub, and we're like, "Whoa!" It gave me like chicken skin or like goosebump, but it just was, um, <laughs> yeah. It just I, I could finally feel my purpose in life. I really wanted to create space where people's uh, gonna, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna make them uh, excited. It's gonna, you know, like it, it was ecstatic in there. Yeah, it was like the atmosphere mm. in this place was like, and I was finally proud of myself and proud of what I was achieving. And I like, fuck the cushion on the market. I actually want to work on a bigger scale. I want to create like environmental space where people are going to make them smile. It's going to just like, they just bring joy, like by bringing colors mm. and pattern. And I think that was like a, dec- a click in my head where finally, I, I finally yeah. I knew that was that direction. I want to do bigger scale project. Um, interesting. So just to stop you there. So yeah. what's interesting is um, a few different things, which is you, someone who might listen to this might go, oh, that was really lucky because you had the, yeah. the, the guy from the cheese shop's wife gave you an opportunity. Yeah. Then you had your friend who gave you an opportunity. Yeah. But I would like to so, also see it more as a different thing, which is you you seem when you when you say yes you you put your two feet forward you don't just put one you just your excitement and your energy you know carried you forward and I thought that was really good that actually you know it's not just luck it's also real hard work in the background yeah I think it's a lot of it's more sometimes at some point also like because I work in this cafe and all of the clients were really uh uh creative like everyone is having creative right. meetings and I'm there with my ham and cheese croissant I'm like really bitter waitress I'm like what is the ham and cheese croissant like, I just want to throw them in their face <laughs> because in my head I'm like I want to be there I want to have this meeting why am I here like serving your croissant and cheese and you know what I mean They're like I just wanted mm. to be but uh, it took me so long to be a bit confident to put, put myself out there and one I get enough is enough and I'm like I'm 33 34 deep down I'm, I think I'm quite creative too and I think I just need to kind of get a bit of confidence and just put myself out there and if and you know having the fear of rejection if people say no also to you you know like just accept it which I'm still not really good with it but it's just you have to push <sighs> and I think and I think yeah so I also kind of like try to attract things I starting to really want to do project or like do things um yeah, I mean, these two op- opportunities, I guess they were kind of like a first lucky, but I, yeah, like this, this guy said to me, you got 12,000 pounds. Um, I didn't earn anything on that project, but I had amazing photography yeah. at the end of like this project. And it, and it was a best thing of my portfolio. Um, just to be able to show things and just to kind of like develop ideas or develop, develop, a, a, yeah, like a amount of work. And I was, I did a lot of like free project during these few years, like a lot of like street art wall. I was doing like, paste up like illegally as well in the in the street ah. but, and I think that's how things started as well and I think like the beginning of Instagram I think when you're creative like putting yourself I mean it was I can't remember when Instagram started but I, every time I wanted yeah. something after that every dream I had like I really wanted to paint a building so I I just put it on the on my Instagram. Said, I really want to paint, paint a building I was like you know like putting post about what I wanted and eventually this woman came to me and I think for like three four years like yeah working in the cafe still uh, my friend my best friend lived in Australia so I was going there to spend three months high winter in the UK so every year I was like I'm I'm getting out of here I don't want to have I don't want to have materialistic things to sell I don't want to have a shop some people wanted to have a shop selling their cushion I just want to be free I just want to have a paint or brush like a brush paint or brush (laughs) Uh, I just want to go somewhere (laughs) and not having any material things to carry with me so I can't take my you know I can't Relieve my room, find a flatmate or find someone's going to rent my room, go three months in Australia, January, February, March. And then, um, and, and I was putting on Instagram and say, I'm coming. Is anyone's got like a uh, wall to paint? Or I just, I just wanted to get a bit of extra work when I was going there. And Instagram was amazing. I just get pretty much mm. people replying to me and I didn't have any followers at the time. You know, it was just like, it was just starting. Putting and, um, stuff out there. Yeah. And so that's really interesting. There's um, two things I wanted to ask you. What um, 
just going a little bit deeper into what it is that you like about large scales because you yeah. sort of said or you know you, you found your patterns but what was it exactly about large scales that you love we still I love. mean in terms of a you know creative in, in terms of my own practice um because when you work and you design on a smaller scale on, on your computer, you know, like I design on my like a small laptop and I think, and you just have to, like when you see the process of like designing small and then applying it on the massive wall is like it's such a strong satisfaction. Mm. Uh, and I think it makes you work differently as well. Like my pattern could be quite simple and on the, on the, and it's, you just have to stop, you know, you don't want to go too far. Like a, a simple, simple shapes and simple design is actually, it's going to be so more impactful when you put it on the big wall. Like on your mm. computer, it's like, oh, this is a bit crap. Like, this is a bit simple. But I, I just now I know, like I know on the bigger scale, it's going to be really, it's actually the simplicity. I mean, I don't know if my work is simple, but in terms of it's maybe sometimes a bit intense, but um no, I can see the simplicity yeah, of your work for sure. It's not always, it's quite, yeah. And I think also at the time, I don't do so much painting myself anymore on a big scale, but it was a physicality of it as well. Like to work on a computer and then to approach a massive wall and, and to paint and just to be really tired physically at the end of the day, but you achieve something with your hand. It's, it was really mm. rewarding. And uh, I love all of the process from that. I think it was really... Uh, I bet. Uh, yeah. And that's when you found your voice effect- yeah. effectively. Really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You, Sorry. Hmm. No, I was just going to say that if you found your voice, then you must have found your confidence as well. You went from, uh, I'm not sure what I want to do, to suddenly, just suddenly finding your, you know, your kind of calling. And I would love yeah. to sort of hear what, what was the process in your head to say, yeah, this is it. Uh, I think it was to start with, it was not much process. It was like, I just wanted to create, I just took any opportunity. I was always making things like, um, mm. uh, and again, like, you know, like working in a cafe, I met a lot of people, like my networking style was like, I just like talk to customers and uh, some of the people where there was really creative kind of environment, creative kind of neighborhood. Um, mm. So like I got like opportunities, this, this girl I was working for a music festival and I always say, oh, I want to do a greasy spoon one day. I, my idea was I want to get a calf. I love this English calf, like the kind of Martin <laughs> Parr, you know, that, that's, that's how yes. I discovered England. Like I was at the bookshop in France, like when I was 18 and I found this book of Martin Parr, like, and, um, oh, yeah. and it's, and it's like, I was like, this is, is that England, is that how England looks like? Like, you know, like really saturated colors with like ketchup. It's very depressing. <laughs> oh no, I love it. I love it. Oh yeah. No, this is, that, that was make me, I love that style of photography. It was like, I just found that really, really, it was just like putting some like little point of society, like finding some little, mm. I don't know. It's, it's kind of amazing sense of humor. And also like just, but yeah, just is like a culture, which is like left behind the, English calf is yeah. such a great thing like people used to go and just like knowing each other like in the neighborhood and I don't know I just like I used to go there every day at some point in the morning I was not having the full English record <laughs> I was just like and you got your ritual you know the people and it's a shame they, and they're like laminated plastic table um anyway yes. so I wanted to do my own cafe it's very I, want kitsch. To, I can see what you yeah. mean yeah I, I don't like kitsch so much this day but at the time we were like this is amazing so I wanted to do one myself but anyway I didn't do the real big things which I'm glad because I could again like you know like a sliding door I could I was almost signing a, a lease for like a calf at some point when I finished uni like, I'm having a calf I'm gonna sell my prints I'm gonna sell my plates yeah I'm gonna every six months I'm amazing. gonna change the style and I'm gonna have a calf and so that didn't work out. I was so upset. But now back in, looking back to it, I'm like, that's probably for the best. Thank but, God. Um, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, but I did a pop-up shop and I did a pop-up shop just for myself. And like at the time it cost me 600 pounds, but I transformed this English calf in, in Dalston. And uh, it was for a festival and I make it look completely uh, 80s. And it was oh, only for amazing. one night. And uh, yeah, it was really, and I changed, I did a menu with my friend. We just like changed all of the outfit. We I put like pattern everywhere inside. Um, I can't remember what I'm saying that for, but yeah, no, you were saying like, yeah, all of this experience I took for after university for three or four years, I just did everything I could. And, um, so you were a bit like, um, the yes man, you know, the, the book where the person has to say yes to everything. That's how it feels where you're coming from is that you were saying yes. And you had a lot of energy and you just yeah. went for it. I think so. I, mean, I haven't read this book, but yeah, just was saying yes to everything. But I mean, in your opportunity, I was so excited to have like a, yeah, a, a possibility to do something, I guess. And I think London, like more you do things, people started to recognize your work and, mm. and then you finally been approached. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, I put this out there. I wanted to do this. I wanted to paint a big mural, like a big, 
building because I thought that was amazing. I found that yes. buildings are like, why buildings need to be so gray? You know, I don't understand Boring. why you don't put, yeah, why, why you don't bring color, especially coming from France, where south of France, where growing up in the sunny, sunny part of France, um, this really affects me when it's not enough colors. And um, so, yeah, mm. put it out there. This woman contacted me, said, oh, my husband's got this wall, this building in Old Street. Would you like to come and have a look? Because he would be happy for you to paint it. And I went there, oh, oh my God, this this is the best. Like, this is incredible. And I was like, yeah, my God, yes, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely in. And I think I was so nervous because it was such an amazing opportunity. It took me so long to find out what I wanted to do on this building. And... Mm. Um, and I was passing on the, bu- on the bus every, probably every day, looking at it, um, and really overwhelmed by it. And I think it was not much area to paint on that building, actually. Like, it's a lot of window. It was not in that. Oh, really? it, was not, it was not much painting area. And I was just wanted to do something quite amazing. So it took me six months to go back to them and show them my design. But finally, I get this kind of, like, I just paint on the diagonal. I just play with perspective. And I did something quite, like, strikey, I think. I, um, I see it every day myself on my computer. So I, absolutely, I would confirm for anyone listening that it was very striking. But can I ask, did, was yeah. there any money exchanged or was it sh- like for free again in order for, for your portfolio? Yeah. So well, the thing, it was like, um, so that was in 2014 or 15. So like, what was that? 15, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and the, I mean, it was like, that was pretty amazing for them because they didn't really, they didn't, it was a, they didn't really have any reason for me to paint you know they didn't have any money they were renting the business the design the building themselves so they right. said we got two, we got two grand for you to do it which means like painting uh paint yeah. Yeah, equipment and i was thinking oh i need some, to find some volunteer to help me because i can't really do that myself and yeah. i say oh at least can we have like prosecco every night and can we have lunch for the staff <laughs> <laughs> so that was oh, like the payment that. and then i put this ad on insta and it was like but no first what happened like i've showed the design and they were like oh you know we are really sorry because in these six months what happened we got approached by a massive uh, advertising company you know like people put big oh, banners no. You know, like the big yeah, banners, yeah, yeah. and people people want to pay us ten thousand pound a month for putting their advertising <gasps> on the wall, like uh, you know, like the new swatch or like the yes. new whatever, like the new phone and like massive. And I was like, oh no, I was, I was so gutted. I was like, why? And it was obviously I understand there. They're, they're where they're coming from because it's probably nice to have ten thousand pound extra on your building, but um, but then nothing i didn't see anything in their building for two or three months and then i went back to her and said listen what's going on with your advertising no one is actually doing anything and say yeah no well they kind of say they're going to do it but like please can i do this painting and say yeah but we don't know like if in a month we're going to have these people coming and ah. uh, I, 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 like in my head I'm like this is worth ten thousand pounds of advertising so even if it's for a month and i'm going to put normally yeah. i didn't i didn't sign my name normally but i was like i'm going to put my name massive and i'm like i'm going to get ten thousand pounds worth of advertising <laughs> I'm not getting many I'm not getting paid on that um I got so she went okay let's do it and we I put it out on Instagram again say I've got this dream job please who wants to I need volunteer I had so many people replying and at the time I had really maybe, I had a thousand followers or something um so many people replied I, I, I don't actually know how to choose people I had to choose from 70 people I had to took eight people and um and we did it, and it was crazy because we didn't actually ask ask um, um, the, the council because normally you have to take permission to. Ah, you know, of like, course. We went. We went for it. It was like let's do it. Gorilla. I mean, it was kind of yeah. It was yeah, pretty much. It was pretty bad because I mean, you know, I'm saying oh, insurance and like if something happened, it would call I mean, a total disaster. But we just did it, and like the long, the actually the. the the owner of the building. I don't even know if he knows it. He's like a super millionaire. He lives somewhere in Barbados or something. <laughs> uh, they didn't even ask him. Like, what comes to us? You just paint it black again. And it was such an ugly building. And that's what I love as well. Yeah. I, love tra- I love transforming building. And you were like, the uglier the building, the better it is. Like You see the before and after. I always <laughs> love the before and after pictures. And um, so, yeah, we did it. And then the building actually, it was an amazing experience. It was so, and it was the first time I was, yeah, like I say, so proud. I just like give a little tap to my shoulder and say, you know what, fuck you. Do. For someone we never, sorry, I keep on swearing. Um, for no, someone please who, swear away. <laughs> 
for someone who was, you know, when I was a child and I, I was, I didn't want to draw on paper because I was wasting paper in my head to do yeah, actually like a 50, right. 15 meter building. Where like, I was going to ask you, like, it, you know, normally when you lack confidence, you draw very small on a page, yeah. but you went the opposite. <laughs> it's almost yeah. like you challenge yourself saying, I've been too shy for too long and now I'm going to go big. Yeah. I don't know if it's, yeah, maybe it's an ego thing actually. <laughs> maybe I'm, I need to prove something before. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I just love it. It was not, you know what? It's just like when, when, when I did it and it comes from the, yeah, just in my head, I don't understand when it's not enough colorful building. And I, and I must have seen, I don't know in the past, I must have seen, I can't think about it right now. It will probably come back, but the impact it does. Like I remember seeing favela yes. in, in, a, in, um, I remember actually some favela in, uh, Brazil, like this kind of groups of people, like painted the whole favela, like really colorful, quite simple. Uh, just like each house was a different color, but from a distance, it looks like almost like a rainbow. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. And this just impacted people's life. It was just making them like, um, yeah, happier, just like proud of where they were. And yeah, so when Absolutely. I painted this building, it was like the amount of, it, it went viral, it went massive. It was like all of a sudden, I had, it was just the beginning of Instagram as well. Like I had, 30, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I'm never good with numbers, 3,000 followers in like, yes. in a week. It was like people posting, reposting it. I just had um, people coming. I remember like one day we were carry on painting. Uh, so it took so like 10 days to paint that building and going in the morning on the mm. building and someone left his office and put a post-it on the building say, all buildings should be colorful like this. We're like, oh, you know what? It touched Aww. you so much. And people came and give you a hug because you are doing such a good things on the area. Yeah. You know, and this is what like such a nice back and like just a nice exchange of like, yeah, good, good intention. And, Emotions. And this, yeah. Yes. People coming and just give me all of this love was, was amazing. And it made me feel, okay, I'm in the right track i think like i'm not the only yes. one want to have colorful building or or bringing a bit of joy in the city i think I'm, i find like yeah it's, it, my purpose in life is getting more and more like completely sure i just i know i'm in the right yes. path it took me a long time and my parents can be finally proud i'm 40 years old <laughs> like, like, thanks thanks dad it took, it took a yeah, long time, i bet but... your dad and mom are very proud of you yeah, from that. Yeah. and what other projects are you most proud because after that I, I can imagine all the doors opened for yeah you. was it quite quick uh, it was really quick that was i mean this was a uh, actually called that building the dream come dream come true building because it was like uh-huh. it was definitely a dream come true building dream come true moment and um and yes it just it went really kind of like just had so many opportunities to travel which i loved uh, i met my partner on that one of the um um how you say uh volunteer on this project become my my ah, love partner I mean, and my partner so yeah it was really nice and then we start working together and uh she's more like business minded than i am so it's been really nice to to have someone oh she's, how lovely uh, like little creative duo yeah it's like i just i'm not really good at like yeah it's not my favorite you know when you when you're creative you don't it's hard yes. to talk money <laughs> to or the just business side I know. yeah and i hate it and i still do and i think uh so it's been really nice i i, I do too i empathize yeah. <laughs> oh yeah no it's, it's uh and it's nice and it's also at some point that like, you can't be good at everything it's like so when you are when mm. you get to the stage where you can't have a an accountant and you can have someone to uh, help you in the business so nice because actually you can you can focus on what you're really good at and uh, sometimes i also always think like I try to do my account or I try to do a job where, but I'm thinking actually I can make more money doing my, you know, it's nice to work Your with art. other people. Yeah. Just work with people who exactly. actually, you think that might be expensive. I don't know. I don't know why I'm starting talking this way. No, no, no. But it makes sense. It's expensive to have someone doing this job for you, but actually that's your time as well. And you're, you yeah it's so much worth to have someone which is really good at it and then you don't waste your and do anxiety level as well like to do my account yeah. <laughs> like, yeah and you're doing something pretty uh, extraordinary which is working with your partner um yeah. i don't know many people who do but it seems like it's very successful yeah thank you no it's been good it's been yeah it's quite amazing actually because everyone is in lockdown say oh we've been stuck with our partner for but that's been us for like yeah. six years like we, yeah we just like constantly <laughs> together which is yeah my, my family are like this it's funny when you rep- you redo the same uh, pattern so my mom and my stepfather ah. they work together in their business and my dad and my stepmother so I guess and she has, she's as well so I think we yeah we just reproduce so it's you've like had a, some good role <clears throat> models in that sense yeah yeah I think so yeah definitely so tell me what the other projects that came through the door that you're most excited about and in, in 
you know, in those sort of last few years? Um, I think it's another one that did, like, uh, again, so, some people kind of come up with opportunities, you know, things you wouldn't think about yourself. Like, I wouldn't have, like, when people approach you and they they put this uh, challenge for you. And I remember, like, this uh, Now Gallery, I don't know if you know this gallery in um, yeah. Greenwich. And uh, so what was that? It was, like, three, four years ago now. But um, it was, like, an art gallery, yeah, so in Greenwich. And these three ladies, mm. uh, the, cura- the curator, they, they asked me, to come for a meeting and they say, oh, okay, so we want you to come. And they were, it was quite intimidating. There were three sitting in front of me. I haven't really had this kind of like meeting before. And they say, we want you to do, we want you to come up with a concept for like maybe a, um, an installation in our gallery, which would be a bit interactive. And in my head, I was like, oh, I just feel really nervous to say anything. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, I love, and I was like, and I was like, what am I saying? And I was like, I, was like, I love fanfare. I was like, I love fanfare, I love wall of mirror. And, and I said, you know, when you talk and you hear your voice say, oh no, this is so bad. What am I saying? Like, this is so lame. Like, and I say, I love fanfare, I love like wall of mirror. You know, when you go to a, a fanfare when you're a child and actually, yes. and then I start, and then I start to have a bit of confidence in what I was saying. I say, you know, when you go to this fanfare and you, this wall of mirror and you go in there and like, this moment of like hysteria when you're little, where you're really excited and you get lost and you're like, you know, this feeling of like child, I just I say I want to bring I want to do something where it's going to bring back your inner child and the three women at the same time they knock they, you know they, they, they knock their head they're like oh yeah we like that and I'm like yes and, like, and, that's, and that's what I wanted to do I, like, I want to do something where it's going to bring your inner child I want to people go in the gallery and have a laugh for like just feeling a bit hysterical like the way you were when you were a child and so I say I love the maze I, lo- I like to do a maze and maybe a maze with like pattern I want to do like an installation where people are going to come and feel like they're a child again and I, I, and they were like yes that sounds good and I had to do like a proposal with uh, so Julia my, my partner and then we had an architect uh, this other girl who worked with us at the time like more like architectural base because I can't do anything in 3D so already the architect the architect was saying okay well just just try to draw something. And I, I can't draw. I don't know how to do that. Actually, make it happen. <laughs> so what we did is like we actually printed the floor plan of the gallery, and then we played. And it was like we were creating walls with like foam oh, boards. Wow. And yeah, so we actually we, we played every Saturday. We're like, oh yeah, let's put that wall there. Like you know, when you're a child and you just play, you just like make Lego house or whatever. This was the way yeah. we did it. And then uh, putting mirror, and then I put pattern, and and it was such a nice thing to kind of spend time the three of us kind of pushing this idea. And then I had to go and present it in front of massive like board. I don't know what you call it, like big. <laughs> do again. I don't do that. Very yes. I didn't do that very often. But like, it was ten people on the table, being really nervous. And um, and it, because he was like oh, the designer applied for this, uh, it was not just oh, me. Oh, I see. The, so like so, a competition with yeah, other designers. Yeah, it was designers. a competition, and um, and we we went with our little maze. It looked like oh, it was really satisfying to watch. To be fair, still got that in the studio. It looks like a little toy, like really colorful, yeah. small maze. And uh, and they call us back and they say, yeah, you got it. And we're like, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing <laughs> to be pushed to do something which I never done anything in three D. Um, so we did it. We installed it. Uh, Julia did a lot of production um, and make this happen and I remember like before the opening we were like this is crazy like and she said no one normally comes to the organ not, not no one but it's quite far it's not really like a popular space place to go ah. and in my head in my head like, oh no one's gonna come and um and stupidly the night before the lunch we get re- I get really you know when you just finish a project and you just need yes. a drink we get so drunk the night before the opening and I was so hangover. I was like, why have I drunk last night? It was ridiculous. I went there and it was like, the gallery is all glass and it was 600 people waiting outside. It was, it was ridiculous. You're like, kidding. I mean, not, I mean, 600 people came. That people, they had to do like a one e one hour. Like everyone had to have a ticket because also wow. it's an installation. And everyone tried to speak to me, and I, I was so overwhelmed. Was, you know, when you try to, you don't, you have to have a nice word for everyone come to speak to you because they are like, <laughs> and you're really coming, hungover. I know, and they're all coming to say, oh, you know, we love what you've done. It's amazing. And I, just my head, like when I left my ears, you know, when you ring, when you go to a nightclub and your ears go like, yes. like it was, I was, but. And then some, at some point, someone came to me and said, oh, I feel like I was a child again. And I started crying. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. that's." And she said, no, but that's a good thing. I said, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Like, you actually say exactly what I wanted to get share with this exhibition, with uh. this installation. And I didn't know if it actually worked, you know, like... Uh, I was like, yeah, the last right. minute because you worked so much on it. Well, I didn't know if actually what I wanted to achieve did work. And when this girl came and and everyone actually did, like they came and and when I had people say, oh, I feel like I'm a child again, and I'm like playing and yeah, and that, 
study the job and so many people I think they are like I don't know the number of the game I think it's like 30,000 people came to this exhibition wow. it was the first thing I ever done like in terms of 3D so yeah that was another proud moment <laughs> I yeah, I bet. And and you touched a little bit on your creative process, which was just to play. I love that. You you sort of thought, okay, I can't do this, I can't do that, but I can do this. Yeah. Um, can you tell me about the creative process? Do you sometimes have a block or do the colors come to you quite quickly? Or, you know, is there yeah. an element of frustration or yeah, tell yeah. me tell me what that's like. Um I think it's um I think I do normally like what I love doing is like, especially when I travel or when I, I just put this sketchbook with me and I lo love doing mm -hmm. color. I, I felt like I'm starting to draw a bit now, but I, I don't really I feel quite not very secure with my drawing. So I do a lot of collage. I just find a different way to work. So I do a lot of like paper collage or things like that mm. in my sketchbook. So every day I do something which is, is unrelevant. It's not relevant to anything. It's not to answer to a, to a brief or just for me to kind of express something creatively with no no thinking, like whatever comes to my head, yeah. or or just like nice color, nice piece of paper together, or or I cut something out of a magazine. You know, when you are at university, I kept that. I kept yeah. that kind of like sketchbook style because I love it, and they all look really cute. Like I, I'm not really good at like uh, everything is a bit like. Um, I find it hard to let go. Like everything has to look pretty. So my sketchbook, if it's not good, I'm going to stick the glue to, you know, I'm going to page, put something on top. Or, I write. <laughs> clever. I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's clever. I'm just trying to learn not to be like this because I'm like, come on, just, not everything has to be pretty. And not everything Perfect. has to be. Yes. Yeah. And it's like something I've really been working on this year or like, just by being in a lockdown and just like sometimes my sketchbook this year was like more frustration. So I kind of like take like pencil and all I did was like, we were at my um, partner's mom during the lockdown and we were in the kitchen and she was quite nice. She let me do enough, just piece, piece of paper and go with like paint and just do like massive scribble. And it was feels so liberating. It was like actually very nice, but normally everything I was doing, normally everything I do is all really pretty, not very straight lines, very like sharp. Yeah, it's not much room for just be free almost. I don't know. I th mm. I'm going to a new direction at the moment, but... Um, uh -huh. so yeah so yeah no um yeah so i think yeah just i don't know whatever comes to my head and i I'll usually play with color is kind of quite instinctive to me i don't really you know when people yeah. say where's your inspiration come from i don't actually know i think we don't realize we are bombarded by images all the time i take a lot of pictures mm. but i don't really look at them like i don't actually i just design and whatever comes to my head i think i do my own style which maybe i'm now i'm getting a bit bored of it i need to maybe challenge myself a bit more but Mm, I don't really I just but you, you always this moment where you do something and it's like oh this is not good where am I going to and then if you got the deadline it's always this kind of eureka moment where ah oh, finally yeah I, I got it but it's always every time it's like oh that's it I've, I've, I've lost it I don't have it in me <laughs> like I just uh, <laughs> it's like this little battle but it's it's he also makes yeah. it really exciting like I remember my dad said you know when you're creative like it's gonna be a lot of low and up and down and, and I'm like oh I don't want that or he was always saying to me when you're creative and this I don't agree with him but he say when you're creative you're never satisfied I'm like this is crap like, I need to be satisfied about what I'm going to do because always was the point <laughs> yeah I agree with you I think you do need to be satisfied yeah. but it's really interesting to me that you're you're saying something important that someone might listen to is that you also have to go through the war in your head almost you know yeah. like you struggle you struggle and then you as you said you have the eureka moment yeah. And then you do do what you want. I find the choice we make, you know, like I didn't never, I always, I don't want to work for, I don't want to, the first, the first kind of um, 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 certainty, I don't know if it's a certainty, the first thing I knew, because I never mm. know what I wanted to do in my life. The first thing I knew is that I don't want to do Monday to Friday, nine to five. That was my first uh -huh. kind of like decision. So I work in restaurant for years, you know, I work in, where you work in the morning or you work in the evening. It's like, it's never quite the same. I don't commit to, you know, I don't do the train or you call it the, the, the transport yeah i just this is what's killing me I, I can't do that so that was the first kind of direction I, at least i knew that so it kind of like stop a lot mm. of the job i guess there's a lot of things you don't do yes um well i was going to ask you on that on your routine is that well, yeah. what's your routine like during the day because you say you don't mm. like your nine to five do you have a diff what time do you start work or do you prefer working at night or does it change every day 
yeah, it changed kind of every day. Um, but I'm kind of like a really morning person, I think. Yeah, like at the moment I wake up at like six or five thirty. Um, oh wow! I just, yeah, yeah, I like, I like, yeah. I mean, I can't go to bed like at like nine thirty. I'm like really open. You, I can't do really early. I just, uh, yeah, winter especially in the lockdown. I'm like, okay, it's four p.m. I just want to go to bed now. Okay. <laughs> right um, but yeah, no, I, I love waking up early. I kind of like, I love at the moment, like going for a run when the sunrise. Uh, I'm not normally right. a runner, but I just find that that's been quite nice. Or like I do some kind of like exercise, which I never really, I worked so hard for the last past four or five years. So this lockdown has been a nice way. I mean, it's, a lot of people say that, but just to kind of like take the time to do things for yourself. And I think it's, I need, a, I need to find this balance as well. Sometimes you just, yeah, mm. you just work too hard. And, and, um, and I had a burnout. I think I actually pushed myself so much the last past few years. And I think when, um, we did this big job leg, Lego and it was amazing brand to work with last year in November. Mm. In, um, it was amazing. Like this, you know, I don't really want, want to do too many brands, but you, when you get approached by Lego and they say, okay, we're coming yeah, up. We, I we can imagine. This new toy coming out. It's massive for us. And we, we want you to be the artist representing it and you do whatever you want with it. I'm like, what? <laughs> so first they say, you could like uh, do like a massive wall on the barbican because I mean, they are Lego. So they can, they were first they want to do something with maybe Tate Modern, you know, in their, in their entrance. I was like, whoa, imagine doing something like that. But this wow. didn't quite happen. But I was like, okay, well, maybe let's do a house I just wanted to design a house but that was huge I think we pushed ourselves like all of me and my team like right. that was a burn it was yeah it was intense it was amazing yeah, big but- burnout yeah so we just after that we went on holidays which was the perfect timing we went to mexico for a month and then we came back in the in the wow. yeah end of february and just like yeah burnout like it's funny because you i know you talked to malika Faber as well and i remember having this uh, mm. listening listening your talk in barcelona i was doing mm-hmm. one as well and she just talked about this burnout and i didn't quite understand it at the time but yeah you just have to really find the you have to be careful because when you love what you do you're creative just work yeah. constantly because it, love is what you you know love you, you love yeah. what you do so I, I it's no it's no mon- it's not like sometimes I just work every day um, until like I don't know I'm not really good at night but I will start really early and, and push it through and you almost forget about your social life a bit and that's um, right and you and yourself yeah completely because I think creativity feeds you and it's lovely <laughs> yeah. but then it, it's not the correct food sometimes it's almost no. like as if you're only having one type of food when yeah. actually in order to be healthy you need to have yeah. a lot of different types of food yeah no I was thinking about Malika's story as soon as you said that yeah Malika yeah it was interesting when I remember when she said and I didn't yeah understand it at the time and now I'm like I actually want to call her and say oh can you tell me more about your burnout because it was um, <laughs> it's just uh, yeah I just felt like and I almost during the lockdown it was like almost like thinking of work stressed me so much I'm like okay I'm just I'm not going to do that anymore I just want to do something completely different because it's not worth for me the I don't know like you know when you say oh I tried to design yeah or you try to design and it actually gave me quite a lot of anxiety to get it right and and sometimes you are like mm. comparing yourself like any level of like creativity I find sometimes you are at some point if you feel a bit unconfident which, you know like you don't really yeah. know which, you're just going to compare yourself and then I don't know it's not always so easy uh, people think like oh wow she made it but even when you made it and it's amazing there's always moment where yeah you you know you just will have doubt which is creative mind i guess um and sometimes i just find like the if if you you have to make sure the struggle is not uh it doesn't take over um and i think last year yeah. i think i had a bit of, i had a bit of that and i kind of stopped and and you have to trust your instinct i've read this really good book actually um mm. called the big magic from this woman you know like yes. the woman do you know the book uh I know it. I love that book. Yeah, I'll put so it in good. the show notes if we can't remember yeah. the name. Uh, Elizabeth. Yeah, what's Elizabeth her name? Gilbert. Elizabeth Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, yes, we really found nice. it. Because, yeah, I love it. It was really nice. She got a really nice voice. I listened to that in an audible, but she just, from what I remember, what, what stick to me, like, yeah, sometimes she did this book and it was really successful, but then she stopped for a year. She just did gardening and she did something completely different. And she had to trust the process of like, you know, oh, feeding hello? your soul almost again or, or like just to kind of um, trusting your, yeah, trusting yourself. Like now at the moment, I, do, I don't really do so much creative things. And I had a, I had a few months, I, I don't really go on social media, even though it's been great for me for pushing, putting my work out there. Like, I don't want to see what people are doing. I, I just want to concentrate on my own little bubble, like kind of like renourish myself and like, um, and yeah, just finding yourself, just really listening your 
instinct, I guess, because sometimes you just don't. It's so much quick pace for everything, creative and like doing this, doing that, but you have to switch off sometimes. That's really interesting. Um, and I wonder, what is the one project that you love the most? There must be one that really stood out. I think any project where I love a bit of like, um, I love when it's, uh, I don't like white canvas, for example. I love when I, 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 I work with restrictions. So I love working with mm. like a, like a 3D object or like a 3D, like a building or something where it's actually, this is already like a, a shape to work with and to apply pattern. And, uh, yeah. So when I, like last year, a couple of years ago, like I got approached by this festival in Arkansas, in Arkansas, um, in America. And it yeah. was just, uh, this old petrol station and, and the girl uh, organized this festival actually she's amazing she's french actually she work she work oh she lives in a what does she live like in um oh sorry i forgot but yeah someone like paradise islands yeah paradise island oh, i can't remember that but anyway yeah. so she said oh i know you work in, and i think i've got the perfect um canvas for you and she showed me this like 1950s petrol station in america and it was just really exciting to yeah come up and just come come up with a with a pattern the pattern is really simple actually but i knew again applying it on a bigger scale is going to be really strong impactful and what i love about my work in general is like i was saying before is like the freedom of it like you go and you i love traveling which obviously i miss this year but it's like to work and just meet people from a different country and you work with them mm. and they and they take you to their favorite restaurant or like i don't know you go to drink in the kind of like arkansas like 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 middle of america like I never will i would never have been there we just end up like having like the weirdest heavy food like you wouldn't normally order uh family <laughs> coming like i've got this this mom she came and she had seven kids and she came with her seven little kids like i like and they all kind of like talk i don't know it was just it's just you 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 get approached by like really amazing uh character and people and i think that's what i love the most and i miss that so much i, I can't wait to just yes. yeah, inter interact with people in different cultures and that's really interesting. It just shows mm. how you get your inspiration. It's very much not just, you know, visually, but it's also about your interaction. Yeah. Um, and you you touched on how the pandemic has kind of affected you and, and, and you yeah. talked about that. But I would love to know then, because you sort of also touch about being frustrated um, and trying to do things a bit more rough. What is next for you in terms of um, projects? You, you, you talked a little bit about changing your style. Is that something or yeah. Yeah, um, what is next? Well, I think, I, you know, like when we were talking about ego and uh, I used to do this massive project and I think like, oh, yeah, I, I did some really big project and I think I was really proud and I love them. And I think now it's during this pandemic, I really want to do more things. I want to give it back. I just want to find a way to be... Um, yeah, to be helping people. And I think, you know, we were talking about at the beginning, actually, it's nice probably to close like that because I just mm. find like young kids and or teenager, you know, like, especially now this day, like, you know, art, no, no many people got access to the art world or like art industry or like, or having the opportunity to think that could be a job for themselves. And I think I want to find a way, I haven't found it yet completely, but I just want to make sure I will work with kids or teenagers just to kind of like give them the confidence to push, you know, this direction if they want mm. to. Or, uh, and I think that's what I really want to do this year. Um, so yeah, finding a way, I'm trying to work with charity at the moment or, or finding a place where this can, this can happen. And um, and I think you get, I get so much out of it. And, and like, it's, it's just, it's all about, being exchanging yeah i don't know like to exchange like something from you and just ha and if you help these kids i know i get so much out of it as well it's like it's nice to see you are like your purpose in life it, my purpose in life i find is change a bit it's a bit more trying to kind of mm. be helpful so i'm um, yeah so this would be amazing to do and on my personal kind of like creative style i don't know I, i'm doing a lot of collaboration like much smaller uh scale but like working with artisan working with like different made different uh, media like people you know again mm. like people approach me like this german company approached me to do like a collection of glass like i can do like whatever they are quite amazing they are massive like family factory of doing glass like a uh, drink glass so I'm, at the moment i'm doing i'm wow. drawing i'm drawing champagne glass i'm really enjoying it they say <gasps> they say you can do whatever you want so i'm doing like this kind of cake holder like with a massive cloche on top i don't know i, I think i'm gonna go a bit wide on the glass uh, collaboration <laughs> um but yeah 
That sounds lovely. And as you Thank said, you. It, what's really interesting is that it's there is a real loop back to what yeah. you were saying at the beginning about how you wanted to to help young children to find their you know their calling, especially yeah. in the art world. And that's exactly what you're doing. But also of finding your confidence, uh, which you have found, but now mm. you're sort of challenging yourself by using different media. I think that's wonderful. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I will try. You know, I think it's, it's, it feels good. It feels good. I think it's uh, this pandemic. This pandemic has some good. Uh, I think good good bits. I think it just makes us kind of really think and we. Really, I mean, it's, it sounds a bit cliche because we all say that, but it's true though. It's interesting because the pandemic is often seen through dark lenses and, and so it should be because it's it's affected yeah. people in so many different ways. But what I love with what you're saying is that there is also a positive light and for sure you found it mm. in what you want to do next. So I can't yeah. wait to see mm-hmm. what you do. Maybe maybe we could continue this conversation. Maybe we do a part two when you yeah. you've done and tried all these different things. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, sounds good. On that note, Camille, I am so, so pleased to have you on the show. It's been enlightening in so many different ways. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was great. (laughs) Merci. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Way Up. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Please look out for more empowering interviews in the weeks to come. Now, I have a couple of special favors to ask. Firstly, if you've enjoyed this conversation, then please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. It really helps generate exposure for the podcast and allows a wider audience to get access to these really important topics. Secondly, if you know of anyone else that would enjoy this show and benefits from the topics I cover, then do please share the podcast Um, by sharing this With just a couple of people, it will just help spread the good message and hopefully support the women this podcast was designed to reach. Finally, if you can follow This Way Up podcast or One Word on Instagram, you'll get notified of future episodes. And the idea is that together we can build a powerful community and hopefully start to change the creative industry. That's it from me. Until next time.